Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Tony DeMarco, 33 years in the fire service, all volunteer. Currently a backstep firefighter after having served as chief of department, having held all the ranks leading up to that. Tony has a beautiful outlook on how members should be treated in regards to relationships with each other, from the senior man all the way down to the newest person. What I love even more is how Tony describes what being a leader should be regardless of rank. Lots of great gems can be taken away from this episode for those listening. With that, I present Mr. Tony DeMarco. All right. My name is uh, Tony DeMarco. I've been 33 years in the fire service. Um, and how I got started, I mean, it's not a, um, a real kind of glory story. I'd love to say I had a long uh, family tradition of firefighting or I had a real strong need to uh you know, to help my community, which, of course, that part's true. But um, quite honestly, uh, it I wanted to drive a fire truck. And, and now I got to that point. Um, you know, my actually, my great-grandfather, my grandfather and mother's side were both volunteer firefighters. Um, I was really too young at the time, you know. Um, so it wasn't like I was going to the firehouse with him or anything like that. My grandfather died when I was fairly young. So um, it wasn't really a connection there. But, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, um, emergency was big, um, and uh, you know Johnny and Roy were kind of my heroes. And one of my favorites was always Captain Stanley. I, I just loved hearing him say KMD three four eight. You know, um, uh, but you know, uh, I, you know, I had the you know lunchbox, the little emergency playset, mm-hmm. the badge and the helmet. And um, my dad always had this blue shirt that was the same color as as uh, the ones they wore in LA County on the show. Um, so I clipped a little badge to that. And, and I think most little kids, most little boys, especially, you know, they love trucks, they love fire trucks, they love firemen. Uh, fire prevention day was always one of my favorite days uh, at school when the fire truck would come, you know, I had no idea if they were a volunteer or a career. It wasn't something you would think about firemen, firemen, you know? Right. Um, and I always loved that. And, you know, at, at some point I just, uh, you know, I, I got into other things, uh, you know, I was in a band and all this other good stuff as I got older. Um, so I, I had friends that were um, junior firefighters when I was in, you know, in high school. Uh, they were part of the local fire departments and um, not really know much about it. Never, It wasn't really something that interested me, nothing I really thought about. Uh, you know, eventually I, I, I was really wanted to drive a truck. So I ended mm-hmm. up getting my commercial driver's license when I was like 20, 21. And Somewhere there, it kind of switched for me. You know, I I had moved back out to an area where uh, um, I had lived when I was a kid, and I got an apartment out there. And like I said, I I started driving a truck for a living. I just remember, and I can remember as clear as day, to this day I can close my eyes and picture um, that tanker sitting on the apron at the firehouse. You know, it was a 19, I think it was an 87 or 88 GMC Brigadier, um, and this was uh, probably around 1990, so it wasn't that old of a truck. and it was just sitting out on the ramp. Nobody was around it. They must have washed it and, and all the guys were inside. And uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to stop there as soon as I get a chance. I'm going to get an application. I want to drive that truck. Uh, you know, because in my mind, it was, it was, that's what it was. I wanted to drive a fire truck. You know, right. like I said, yeah. I, I really wasn't, you know, not growing up with any of that kind of around me. Um, 
And I did. And, and it turns out, um, you know, I had some friends of mine were there and they were volunteers there that I'd known from when I was a kid, you know, going to uh, going to grade school out that way. Um, so, you know, immediately, uh, you know, we, you know, bonded again and uh, um, I, I started to get into it, you know, and, and I did. I, uh, a couple of guys took me under their wing um, and uh, but were really, really into it. So I started doing some driver training while I waited for the next Back then it was essentials a firemanship, I think it was, you know, uh, waiting for that and doing, going to every drill I could and, and learning everything I could about it. Um, and I did, I started driver training because I, I already had a, a commercial driver's license. Um, but it really wasn't until I started driving the fire truck and training on how to run them that I realized, okay, this is a little more than just driving a truck up and down the street. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> I started to feel that weight of that responsibility, you know, um, and and it was like I said, and any seminar that came up, any class that that I that I could take, I was taken. Um, but it really wasn't until uh, you know a- after I um, became an interior firefighter. Um, I remember we went mutual aid um, for a bakery fire, uh, and my buddy who you know my buddy Brian, um, who I, he had been there when I got there, you know, um, he's like, hey, listen, you go, do you want to take the truck? He goes, or do you want to take the first line in? It's up to you. And I said, well, I want to go in on the line, you know, um, crawling in, watching that fire roll above your head. And, and that was it for me. I was like, OK, this is why I want to be in the fire service. You know, driving the truck was great, mm-hmm. um, but I want to fight fire and I want to do it right. I want to learn everything I possibly can to do it. Um, and so I just started, like I said, any seminar come up and, you know, thinking back, I the, one of our mutual aid departments, um, for whatever reason, they were able to get some pretty good seminars back in the day. And, you know, um, I took um, safety and survival on the fire ground, Vinnie Dunn. Um, mm-hmm. I knew he was, I, 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 because I had the class of burning buildings. I bought that book, you know, so I knew he was a big deal. I didn't know how much of a big deal he was at that time. You know, we took a trunk up truck company operations class with battalion chief Mittendorf from LA city. Um, and then, believe it or not, uh, an incident command seminar with Alan Brunacini, of all people. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, and like I said, these were names that I knew because I was really trying to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know how big they actually were. Um, so that that kind of stuff, um, those are kind of the memories I have from <laughs> from starting early on. And this was all within the first couple of years, you know. Um, the department at the time, which was, was Milbert Fire Department, you know, we also did EMS. They did, they ran two BLS ambulances. Okay. Um, so I'm like, pretty much anything that the department responded to, I wanted to be able to respond to. I wanted to know what I was doing. I wanted to, to, to be able to be part of it, you know. So I went and I got my EMP, um, joined a rescue squad. Um, and, and we did uh, weeknight shifts. Uh, it wasn't at the firehouse, but you were the, the on-call, you know, on-call duty crew. Um, so, and then on the weekends, you do a 12 hour shift. Um, I remember my buddy, Danny and I, when we were on, when we were on the duty crew, we were at the firehouse, you know, we had our blue BDUs on and our matching job shirts and we were just, you know, really into the job. Um, and it just, you know, blossomed from there, you know, um, very early on within a few years, uh, and, and part of me regrets this, but I, uh, you know, I got talked into running for Lieutenant. You know what I mean? And and now when I think back, I think back about what that responsibility actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I would have done it a little differently, but you don't know, you know. 
volunteer departments, you have who you have personnel-wise, manpower-wise. Um, sometimes the officers cycle until they, you know, until they just burn out <laughs> from being officers. Right. You know, um, but again, once once I got the responsibility, I wanted to, to do everything I could to be good at it and and um, just kind of excel at it. You know, and before I knew it, I was captain and then, you know, an assistant chief and just kind of went really, really quick. Again, if I could do it all over again, I would have slowed a lot of that up. You know, mm-hmm. I ended up uh, my last five years there being chief of the department. Um you know, and it, and it was great. And it was, it's, it was a much different setup than where I am now. You know, it was, uh, um, uh, mostly rural, um, okay. with a, we covered the village of Millbrook and the town of Washington. So it was 63 square miles out of one station. Um, so you had the village and then you had the town, you know, so you could respond as a chief and be there and, you know, five, 10 minutes or better sometimes waiting for the first truck to get there, you know? Right. Right. Uh, so you kind of had to be on your game for that. <laughs> um, but um, but no, you know, it was a great experience. I, I had some I had some great chiefs early on, which which really made a difference. You know what I mean? Um, you, you know that like two to five year period, you you really start to think you know everything, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you don't you don't even know a, a, a fraction of it. But um, but I had some some good chiefs and some good officers who who knew that I wanted to learn. They knew that I wanted to to be good at it and give everything I could. And they just kind of, the culture there was, was just that, you know, it's a, it was a very family oriented. Um, we did everything together um, kind of atmosphere and it really made a difference. Um, and then, you know, life takes you in a, in a different direction. I ended up um, moving, you know, happened to move a little further North. Um, I knew the area I had to move to. Um, so in terms of the County, so I kind of picked, the city of Hudson based on a fire department. I did my research, which wasn't as easy back in the early 2000s because you didn't, you could just like type it into the internet and get all the information in right. the world, you know? Right. Um, but I kind of found a city of Hudson. I had no idea if they were career or volunteer. You know, you think city, it's it's most likely career. But um, I just, I came up here on a weekend and just started walking around. And uh, I can remember um, we have the, the New York State um, Fireman's Museum up here. I don't know if you've been up, ever been up to it or not. Um, but, uh, it's the, the Fasme Fireman's Museum. And I just kind of stumbled down in there, you know, and, um, it just so happened that the tower ladder was stationed there because they had bought the new tower ladder. It didn't fit in the old station. The other station is from the 1800s. Okay. Uh, and it was a, you know, 95 foot tower ladder that just didn't fit. So it was there, you know, it was just sitting out there again, another majestic ah moment, you know, <laughs> in my mind, there was a glow around this truck, you know, it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they had they had all the compartments open up, and you know I, I always kind of liked the truck work end of everything. Anyways, um, we didn't have a ladder truck um, down in Millbrook, but mm-hmm. truck work is truck work. Whether you got a truck or not, you still got to do it. And I always right. kind of loved that kind of work, you know. Um, so I, I I ran into a guy um, who was a member of one of the companies. He was working at the museum, and he gave me kind of a map to all the city fire stations. Cause at that time we had five um, individual fire stations. Um, it was uh, four engines and, and the ladder company. And like I said, the ladder company, the ladder truck was at the museum, the old rescue truck, which the ladder company also ran was still down in the old station down on the main street there. Um, so I just walked around each fire station, you know? Um, but my plan was to join that, that fire company. And, and again, 
work off that truck. Okay. Uh, and then, and it just kind of went from there, you know, uh, I swore, of course I, I swore, uh, once I came up here, um, that I'm never going to be a line officer. I'm, I'm never going to be a chief. I want to be a fireman. Uh, it didn't last long. It lasted uh, three years, I think. Um, and then I was lieutenant on the truck. Uh, and like I said, and a couple of years after that captain, I stayed at captain for six, uh, until I got picked for, um, to run as assistant chief with the chief at the time. Okay. So, um, okay. but now I'm, you know, I'm back to, I'm back to doing what I like to do, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I know that, uh, um, I'll never be a chief officer again. Cause my wife told me so. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> when the, the boss speaks, you listen. That's, that's right. That's right. She's very patient through the whole thing, you know, but now that I'm out, I'm out, you know. Gotcha. Um, so that's, that's kind of it. And, uh, like I said, I, I, I never really thought about it up until I did. And once I did, that's, it's been my entire life since then, you know. Okay. All right. Um, for those that don't know, can you tell us the, the size of Hud- the city of Hudson and how many stations personnel? Yep. Yeah. The, the city of Hudson it's only about two square miles. It's a very small, um, can very tightly packed city. A lot of old buildings, a lot of row frames. Um, uh, we got the, the only, the only hospital between Columbia and green County is, is in the city. Um, a couple of old mill buildings, uh, still kicking around. Um, um, call volume wise, uh, we're, we're only run between 450 and 500. We don't do any EMS. Um, the, the rescue squad runs EMS. I think they do a few thousand calls a year in the city EMS wise. Right. Um, I don't think, I don't think we'd be able to sustain it on a volunteer level if we were running the EMS. Uh, it, it would just be way too much. Um, uh, personnel wise active right now, we're, we're probably at the 40 or 50, okay. um, active, active, you know, that, that run all the, all the, everything, um, probably 30, um, or so you know mm-hmm. um, but uh work working fires it's like a sea of firemen they just come out of come out of everywhere and right. we have, we're still pretty fortunate manpower wise okay. in fact a lot of the other departments in the counties will use us for manpower and our, our ladder truck um, we have two um two fast teams one out of each station uh, okay. one handles all the calls across the river in green county and we do everything in columbia county um now we're we're running two stations now. Back in two thousand four, two thousand five, somewhere in there, um, we consolidated. Um, one engine company stayed down on Warren Street, which is kind of down in the business district. Okay. Um, and then two engine companies and the latter company uh, moved to the central station. Prior to that, they had closed two other engine companies. Um, so we currently uh, we currently consist of um, four fire companies, but. We operate as the city Hudson Department of Fire. Okay. Uh, once we moved into the um, the central station, uh, it was no longer you know this company runs their engine, you know my company runs the ladder truck. It was you know the ladder truck is first due out of here because um, the downstreet engine is first due out of there. You know, so we always knew we had a ladder and uh, an engine going. Um, it, it there was some growing pains at first. You know, okay. everybody wants to be on their, you know, the door, the, all the company names are still on the doors of the truck. So, um, not only engine guys that, nope, you, you got here, you're climbing on the ladder, you know, and, you know, and vice versa, you know, the, the truck guys now, if they, they miss the ladder truck, now they're on the engine, you know. Okay. Um, so it, it, there was some growing pains, 
um, and on top of that, you know, we had um, like each company had a captain and two lieutenants. So that all moved into the station. Tonight you got nine company officers and uh, you know <laughs> how personalities are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, and uh, back a couple years into uh, when I was chief, we, we were actually able to kind of change that line officer structure a little bit. Okay. Um, one to try and to try and maintain, um, you know, three captains and, and six lieutenants uh, with manpower shrinking. You know, it just it just wasn't feasible and it wasn't necessary. Um, so now that station has a, a, a station captain and then three lieutenants, one lieutenant for each piece. OK. Um, and then addition. Additionally, we um, we have a, a, a dive team, fully functional dive team, swift water team because uh, we are on the Hudson River. Okay. Um, and that and that team, um, we're, we we run it in conjunction with the Athens Fire Department across the river. So um, they have divers, we have divers, tenders, and and swift water personnel. Um, so that runs out of our station along with the boat and, and um, a couple other uh, miscellaneous pieces. Okay. So all right. Yep. All right. Uh, going to the next topic. Uh, yep. What does the term aggressive mean to you? Well, to me, I, I think the term aggressive, it, it means showing up, doing what you're there to do, having the training to perform it and recognize um, what is too aggressive and, and, you know, or what's dangerous and what needs to be done, you know. Um, and let's face it, it to me, and, and I'm, again, I'm very, very fortunate because, um City of Hudson has a very, very long history of being an aggressive fire department, um, um, very into training. And for years, you know, they were, they had a lot of fires over the years, like mm-hmm. everywhere else, it, it decreases, you know, each year it seems like, but, um, but because we, because our buildings are so close together, um, just so tightly packed in, uh, I think we've always had to be aggressive because if you didn't, um, you know, that one building's going to turn into you know, three or six or, or 10, because it, it just goes that quick. And they're, right. they're very old buildings, very close. Um, but I think uh, we need to fight fire from the inside. I mean, I, I, again, I know there's instances um, where you can't, um, but to me, a, a good aggressive fire department's going to show up. They're going to do their size up. You know, if they can do a 360, do a 360. Um, but the engine company is going to be stretching lines and, and, the, and the truck company is going to be either forcing doors, getting to the roof, um, doing ventilation. You know, our, you know, our first two engine, our first two truck and our second two engine have uh, very specific. Um, they, they know where they're going when they're dispatched okay. for most of the city. You know, the main part of the city is kind of a grid, um, you know, east, west, north, south. All, all three of the or all four or five of the main um, east, west streets um, all have alleys um, so that second do engine um, always takes the alley unless otherwise directed you know because a lot of places you can't do a 360 that the first the, the first do chief can't see what's going on in the back um, because you just can't simply walk around because they are row frames and they're all connected um, so that that second do engine always takes the rear and gives that report um, but you know as a chief when I was chief very very seldom probably never did I pull up. And part of it's because I'm a little older and I'm a little slower than some of the other guys. But anyways, 
Um, very seldom did I pull up and not see lines already going into the building, not see that, that ladder truck, you know, that, that bucket already going to the roof and, and those guys already getting them, their saws going. Um, to me, that's aggressive. If, if there's any part of that building that you can get into and perform a search, you need to do that. Uh, I, I don't think we can write, you can't, you certainly can't write it off just by pulling up and, and seeing what you see out front. I, I don't think that's, that's possible. You can have fire blowing out of, you know, every window on the second floor. Uh, does that mean we just, you know, open the deck gun and, and start shooting water through the window? And I understand there's places that that might be what they have to do. They, they don't have the manpower. They, you know, they're, they are who they are when they get there. They know it's me and the guy with me, and this is all we can do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, and, and I really don't think there's any firemen that if they know they can make a difference that they're not going to try. Uh, and I understand that as well. Um, but, but I, I, to me, you gotta be, you gotta get in there and you gotta put the fire out. Listen, if, I, you know, I, I always thought, you know, if, if we're just going to show up every time and shoot water through the windows, um, when it, the homeowner calls us because their house is on fire, we might as well just give them the truck and the hose because they can do that. Yeah. You know, let us know when you're done shooting water. And, you, you know, I know it's not that simple. Um, it's kind of an oversimplified way of looking at it. But to me, aggressive is is doing everything you can um, to make a difference at that fire. Saving is obviously saving life. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But saving property as well. You know, property is important to people, mm-hmm. you know. Um so that's that's kind of my thoughts on aggressiveness, you know. Uh, I yeah, I'm lucky. I I like I said, I I've never had to as a chief with the city of Hudson order anybody into the building. I've had to pull them out a few times. Okay. Um, but I've never had to order anybody into a building. They they just they do it. They train to do it, and you know you have to you have to have that confidence in them and let them do it. Right. Um and know that you're seeing something different than they are if you got to pull them out you got to pull them out you know right right um so that that's okay. that's kind of that's kind of my thoughts on aggressive no no it's it's very well stated uh because you know the 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 term <clears throat> it's out there but it gets a negative connotation from from certain individuals and so that's why um when i was trying to figure out a new set of questions or topics. I was like, that's one that I want to hit and I want to be able to inter- uh, get, yeah. get each interviewer's perspective on it. So well yep, said. Yep, absolutely. Well absolutely. said. 100%. Um, now, another good topic that, and it, it, it fits you perfectly, recruitment and retention within the volunteer fire service, because yeah. you, you and I both know it's 2023 volunteerism is down departments are struggling how is hudson able to keep that going retain their members and and keep them coming um well i think one of the best things that we have going for us right now is our explorer program um we will get chunks of explorers you know from, from from the high school uh, and and most of them kids, um, they'll grow go right through the ranks. You know, in fact, my our three chiefs right now, car one, car two, and car three. Um, you know, Sean, Nick, and Mike. All three of them back in the '90s were explorers together. Um, they came up came up through the you know through the job together. They were officers together. You know, um, 
uh, Nick and Sean were both my assistants. So they spent all them years as assistant chiefs together. And now, and Mike, you know, he was the station captain, um, great guys. And they came from the Explorer program uh, and we have, uh, we just, any other end of it too, you got, you know, families that have been involved in, in Hudson, um, you know, the, the kids kind of come up through, uh, so, you know, we got a lieutenant now, his dad was, you know, was a, was a chief when I joined and, and uh, he's a commissioner now. And, um, you know, he's a lieutenant and the kids more knowledgeable than, um, more knowledgeable than I am. I asked him questions. Even when I was chief, I would ask him questions because okay. he came up in, in the fire service, you know, right. he could tell you just about anything you need to know about a pump or whatever. Right. Um, uh, so that's really our biggest that's our biggest help right now. The, the issue we have right now is that um, the cost of living is through the roof. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's terrible. And, and so there's, when they get to the point where, um, you know, of course you're going to lose some to college. They're going to leave and go to college, but even the ones that don't, and they want to stay and work in the area. Um, once they're ready to you know move out of their parents' house or, or they, you know, buy a house with, you know, with their wife or their girlfriend, um, a lot of them end up having to move out of the city. Um, and, and we don't have a residency requirement, Okay. but part of the way we're able to operate as quickly as we're able to operate is because it's such a small area. Everybody's really close by. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, the call, the, the, the alarm drops and stuff's on the road within a minute. It's, it's that, you know, it's that fast, but that's because everybody's right there. I mean, it's like when I was chief, I couldn't make it to my truck, you know, at my house quicker than the first engine and truck were on the road. That's great as a chief. That's what you want. Well, mm -hmm. it's frustrating now because, you know, I'm a little slow and, you know, I have to really run my ass off to, to make a truck. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I do worry what's going to happen when we're no longer getting um, the kids that are interested um, or when those groups, you know, of, you know, that were the, you know, were explorers and are now some turning into some great firemen, you know, what happens when they're going to move away, um, have to move outside the city or move somewhere where they can, you know, make, you know, get a good job. And because right. uh, there's not a lot in the area, there really isn't. Um, so we don't have a lot of people walking through the door. Mm -hmm. um, in daytime, you know, we, we kind of refer to ourselves as the geriatric crew um, because <laughs> yeah, we, got, we got some, you know, some guys that are retired and myself, I can, you know, can leave work. And, um, but you know, your, your entire first due crew was in, in their fifties and sixties sometimes in the middle right. of the day, you know? Right. Right. Um, so, so that's, that's a little, it's a little worrisome because, you know, eventually I do feel that the bubble's going to kind of burst, you know, and, Right. Um, because we're going to start losing people quicker than we're, we're getting them in. Uh, the rest of the county, uh, you know, is kind of in, in rough shape. You know, a lot of them, um, they, every call they go to is, you know, it's either, you know, three or four departments together mm -hmm. or a task force. Mm -hmm. You know, so you'll, you'll hear three different departments getting dispatched for, you know, wires down. Mm -hmm. uh, just so they can get a, a few people to the scene, you know, and most of them end up being chief officers um, who end up having to go to the station and drive the truck. And, you know, you can't, 
I understand how they got to operate, but if you if you're running the truck, you, you can't really be the incident commander or it's anything mm. you know big and it's tough. But they have no other way to operate. True. Um, so it's it's a little scary because the, the entire county's volunteer. Um. So, it, but the other issue I think too, I mean, let's face it, you, you, in terms of recruitment, you're you're you have who you're going to have, you know, if you, yeah, you can reach out to the schools, you can reach out to your residents, make it known, um, you know, that we need volunteers. The County has a pretty good program where they, you know, they do do advertising and all that other stuff. Um, but I think once you get them, now it's on us, now it's on us to retain them. Right. You know, and, and you know, away from the other factors of, you know, having to move and having to, you know, buy a house somewhere or anything like that. Um, I sometimes in the volunteer fire service and and in the career service as well. I got a lot of buddies of mine that work for the career, you know, that are, that are career firemen who were also volunteers together, and they'll they'll tell me like, listen, it could be just as bad here. Um, Absolutely. With morale and and, yeah. and the way we treat each other, I just it's baffling to me um, how you can have somebody that wants to learn, wants to give you their time, wants to be as best they can be, and and you just expect them to know everything. And when they don't, you're bashing them. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. it's a, it's a very, especially those first, that first year, I mean, you, you really, you're either going to get, catch somebody's interest and make them want to keep coming back or you're going to uh, make them want to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, very, very early on um, when I first joined down in Millbrook, you know, I, I had a, a guy that I became friends with, he's a good fireman, you know, he ends up, going on being a career fireman and, and um but he would say listen you know this is what they should be doing this is this they should be doing this for drill they should be doing this with the trucks you know and he would kind of get me going i'm like yeah you know you're right i want to do this right so i can remember one um, company meeting where i brought it up you know i was like listen you know like i do everything at that yeah i think i was like two years in or something like that um so now I'm telling, you know, the chiefs and the captains, the guys have been doing this for, for a long time. This is what we need to be doing. Um, you guys aren't doing it. You know what I mean? Thinking back, I, I probably, I'm not sure how I would have reacted if I was that chief. But, you know, <laughs> that was a pivotal moment because at that point, they could have shot me down, um, belittled me, you know, rightfully so, because I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't. You know, um, they didn't do that. They said, okay, um, I'll tell you what, we're going to give you this responsibility um, and you take this over and you let us know what you need. It it made all the difference in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, because it it changed my attitude. Um, It gave me responsibility. So now I was even more into it, you know, and it helped them out. Because it was not that it was one less thing they had to worry about, but now they had somebody else that was helping and they were right there with me through the whole, you know, through the whole thing. So, but if they had, you know, shot me down or belittled me or made me feel like crap, which, like I said, I had every right to do, um, I, it could have, that, that could be a, you know, so-called career killer. That could be it for me. I'm like, I, you know, and, and then you lose somebody forever. Right. Um, so I, you know, so stuff like that, I think, is important. You're going to get, um, listen, we've all been new firefighters. We all know that we reach that, that weird little stage where we start to think um, we know better than everybody else, you know, and then eventually we, we go out of that and we see that we didn't. Um, but we need to recognize that. So when you got young guys that you, you that made the, the commitment to join, 
that want to do it and they want to learn, um, we need to help them with that. We need to recognize that, okay, they're being like this because this is what happened. We were like this. What can we do to keep them interested, give them responsibilities and keep them wanting to learn and, and make it better for everybody? And I don't feel like we always do that well enough. I think it's very easy um, to just write them off as an a-hole or a, or a, you know, a punk kid that's a know-it-all, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and and I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Believe me. I, I, when I got out as chief last year, um, there was a couple of times where I felt like in my mind, you know, what, what, what's this kid telling me, you know what I mean? But, and then I step back and say, listen, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be the guy that, you know, hey, I was chief. I know everything. Cause that wasn't the case. That, when I was a chief, I, I had no problem whether you were a, a 50 year guy that was a past chief or a guy that's just out of, you know, out of fire school. If, if I had a question and I thought you could help me, I'd ask you, I, you know, what are your thoughts? You know what I mean? Um, let's face it. I'm not in fire schools a lot different now than it was. I, when I took the basic essentials of firemanship, you know, you're not going to know what these kids know unless you let them tell you, let, you know, ask them these questions, make them feel like um, they're part of the team. They're not just a new guy that doesn't know anything. Um, because if you keep telling them that they're always going to be, they're either always going to be the new guy who doesn't want to know anything or you're going to just lose them. You know, I, I, the first time I climbed back in the back of the ladder truck for a call uh, after I got out of chief, you know, we got a young kid who's was, was a junior at the time. I think he's still a junior um, or a probationary, you know, and this kid, I mean, was packed up, had tools in his hand. Um, he wasn't going into the fire. But he was ready to go quicker than I was. I mean, I, you know, I'm fumbling with my coat. I spent the last 10 years getting dressed out of the back of a Tahoe, you know. <laughs> you know now I'm in the back of a, now I'm back in the back of a fire truck. My old bones, my shoulder doesn't turn bent in the way it used to bend. You right. know what I mean? And right. struggling to get my crap on. And and this kid's, you know, he's he's dressed and ready to go. That's what we want to. That's what we want to. We want to. What I'm looking for. Um, that's what we want them to do. You know, I could be like, uh, what are you doing, kid? It's a nothing call. You know, take that crap off. Right, but, you know, right, yeah, and right. I do that all the time, you know. Um, for me, it was like, okay, I've got to get a little quicker getting my stuff on because mm-hmm. I'm out of practice under those conditions. Even just mm-hmm. running into the firehouse, going to my locker and getting my gear on, you know, they're not going to wait for me. They don't, they don't give a rat's ass to them, the past chief, but, you know, in that respect. Their their goal is to get that truck, you know, out the door with a crew as fast as they can and get to the scene and start doing what they're supposed to do. They don't need to worry about the old guy that's fumbling with his gear over by his locker, you know. <laughs> so I I make an effort to, to try and speed up my response and do what I got to do to meet their level. You know, I don't want to bring them down to my level. You know, if, if their level's above me, it doesn't do myself or the department any good to bring them down to a level just so I can make myself feel comfortable. And I think too many times we do that. Um, and again, we, we, you know, it only takes one or two people to really um, bring the entire crew down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's important for those of us that um, don't want to see that happen to recognize it and, and, Make sure it doesn't. It make sure it doesn't happen. It's it's a responsibility, you know. Um, I, I I guess I'm technically a senior guy now, you know. Uh, 
I'm not doing them any good if I'm just going to stand back and, and let this kind of stuff happen. And it, and right now, you know what? The culture in our, in our central station, which is where I'm out of, uh, is great. We got, um, officers that are there for the right reasons. They go out of their way to involve everybody, you know, and, and, and they go out of their way to involve me. I mean, um, I never, I'm never going to feel like they owe me anything because I was chief. You know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta earn their respect as a fireman just as much as I had to earn their respect as a chief officer, you know? Um, but without even asking, you know, they, they always make sure, Hey chief, you know, we got this class coming up. I just wanted to reach out to you um, and see if you're interested in it before, you know, before it fills up little stuff like that, you know? So, and, and that's the kind of thing that, that makes me want to, do everything I can for, for, you know, for the department, for the station and for those guys, you know? Um, and, and that's the only way we're going to be able to survive any longer is Absolutely. by taking care of each other. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, um, like I said, we're, we're still knock on wood fortunate um, in the city right now with the manpower that we do have. Um, and the officers that we do have and the chiefs that we do have. I mean, they, um, the, the three chiefs we have right now, I would follow them into the gates of hell. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's nothing that I wouldn't do that them guys ask me to do because I trust them and I know their experience and I know, uh, um, how they are. And, and that's important, you know, absolutely. Well, very well said for sure. I mean, number one, I love the fact that the humility of, yeah, I was, you were a past chief. But they don't owe you anything. You you don't want to belittle anybody. You don't want to make fun of anybody. You want to keep bringing that culture up, especially with with the young ones, because you know the the young fire right. the young firefighters they're they're gung ho, and you know you'll get a senior yeah. guy that sees that and just kills the morale, and it's just like no, we yeah. need to continue building that. So kudos, right. that is that is an awesome awesome mindset to have for sure. Um, next topic, leadership, and yep. you know all about it being past chief. What yep. does, what does leadership mean to you? Uh, leadership to me, um, means being able to, um, being able to have your crew, have your guys value on or on and off the fire ground uh, they, need, they need to be able to know that one no matter what you're going to have their back uh it, it's 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 always got to be about them um you know and you got to treat them first and foremost like people i, I just I've, I've seen and and i haven't again I, i've been spoiled um with some of the chiefs i had i've had you know um but I've seen the other end of it when you get the chief that, you know, it's his way or, or, or the highway mm -hmm. um, pointing to the shield, you know, I'm the chief, <laughs> this is the way we're going to do it, uh -huh. uh, you know? Um, so I, I think, I, I really think you need to, you need to put them first. You need to listen to them. You need to um, understand that they're the ones that are climbing on and off the rigs every day. You know, they're the ones that are that are putting themselves in harm's way. They're the ones that are doing the truck checks uh, and and, you know, keeping the rigs clean, 
um, and doing the work, really. I mean, it, it was easy for me. I got, you know, they always bust my chops, you know. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, the Chief's in the paper again. The Chief's picture's in the paper again. Oh, yeah, because I'm standing outside the, you know, I'm standing outside. Right. Of course, I'm going to be in the pictures because that's right. where the photographers are. All right. the work's going on inside, you know, and, and I think a good leader's got to recognize that. Um, I always felt kind of, you know, kind of weird every time that newspaper article would, would come out for the fire and, you know, Chief DeMarco says and Chief DeMarco says and great job, Chief DeMarco, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, what did I do? I, you know, I got, the, you know, one of the best trained fire departments that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Right. Um, I didn't have to do much at all. You know, I talk on the radio a little bit, you know, and, and update, you know, do a second or third alarm if I had to. You know? okay. That was about right. it. They did all the rest of the work. Right. Uh, and I think, I think a good leader um, needs to recognize that. Uh, and I don't think that's always the case. Um, and, and it goes right down through uh, the company officers as well. You know, a good captain, you know, or lieutenant is going to want what's best for his crew. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 they're gonna fight for that. You know, um, you know, if me as a chief um, says, you know, well, I don't want your truck set up that way. Obviously, if it's it's if it's a major operational thing where they're not going to be operational, then yeah, the chief should have some kind of say in it. But if if the captain and his guys want their pre-connect set up this way, or they want this nozzle on this pre-connect, and as opposed to what I want them to have, you know, I, I feel like a good leader is going to recognize that and say, okay, um, do what you need to do, you know, uh, and if it's not going to work out, just understand that, okay, if it's not working, um, I'm going to make the decision to change it back. But you guys kind of do what you need to do. It's your rig. You're pulling the lines. I'm not pulling the line. You know, you're pulling the ladders off. I'm not pulling the ladders off. Um, it's about the, it, it's about the whole operation. Um, it's not about it's not about me as an incident commander. It's not about me as a chief um, being in charge. It's about making sure the whole operation is doing what it's supposed to do, and that's protecting the citizens of the city um, or wherever we go, uh, as well as you know our firefighters. Right. You know, and you got to know how to talk to people. You know, I. I I kind of learned how to talk to people from my father. Um, he's just always one of them guys that could just talk to anybody. Um, when we were growing up, um, our house was always where everybody came, you know, whether it was some of my misfit friends or, or my brother's misfit friends or my sisters, you know, uh, like I said, I was in bands and, uh, you know, a heavy metal band when I was a kid, long hair. My parents just always supported that. And anybody could come to our house, and talk to them about anything. Mm-hmm. And I think a good leader needs to be able to listen uh, to anybody. They're your responsibility. If, if if you're the leader, if you're the chief or the captain or the lieutenant, um, those are your people. They need to be able to come to you with anything and express it, whether they're coming to you to tell you that they don't feel you that you did a good job or I'm not comfortable with the calls you made at that last fire, you know, they should be able to come to me and tell me that. And I should be humble enough to recognize um, that. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, That probably wasn't the best call, you know, it was what I did in the moment, but um, you're right. And and we'll try and do better next time. But I've seen secondhand, like I said, I've never had a lot of experience with it because I'm lucky, 
But I've seen those guys who will call out their chief on something um, that the chief was blatantly wrong. Mm -hmm. And the guys who call them out are getting in trouble. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They're, they're, mm -hmm. and, and so what, so why would they continue to want to better themselves if you're not going to allow them to do that and, or show them that you're willing to do that yourself. You know, right. I critique every fire that I, that I was, you know, I see on, I critique it to the, to the point of exhaustion in my head when I leave, you know, mm -hmm. I could have done this. I should have done that, you know, but you know, Everything turned out well. We did a great job. The guys went in, they stretched lines, they did their search, the fire's out, the building's still standing. Uh, we take a lot of pride in that. Um, not burning the building down, you know. Right. And, you know, two months later, three months later, that the the people are living back in the building, you know, and that's that's pride and um and everybody should feel that. It's not me, I didn't do it. Everybody should feel that. And you need to let them know that. You need to let them know that they did a great job. Um that that you know you guys are great you stretched the line i i tell them all the time it's a geez you know I, I didn't even get down to the fire building and you guys had it knocked down you know and you joke around like yeah leave me something <laughs> you know what i mean but, <laughs> but but you know but realistically there's nothing more i can ask for and right. so if, if you're gonna if you're not gonna encourage them to, to keep trying to be better uh and like i said and letting them know that you know you want to do the same thing and, and better yourself um, they're not going to respect you. And, and once you lose their respect, um, to me, it, it, it becomes kind of dangerous on the fire ground if they're not going to trust what you're telling them. Um, if they don't trust you as a leader, if they don't trust you as an instant commander or company officer, um, trust is everything, as you know, um, on the fire ground. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to know that, um, that that company officer that's, you know, bringing leading you into the building knows what he's doing is and is going to do everything he can to get you back out of there in one piece you need to trust that the chiefs out on the street um are, are paying attention to everything that's going on and that they're going to do everything they can to make all the right calls um to the best of their knowledge to bring you back out um safe you know and and get the job done because and if you don't trust that if you're second guessing your officers um, I, I really think there's a, a party that's going to be second guessing yourself. Um, and when we start really second guessing now, I, I just feel like it all, it's all going to fall apart from there. <laughs> you know, no, you're right. um, we, we need, yeah, we need to know, um, that everybody's on the same team from the chief, um, to the, to the firefighter that's inside the building, to the pump operator. We need to know that everybody's there for the same reason and everybody's there. Um, uh, everybody there has each other's back. Um, and, uh, and a good leader to me, I think a good leader, um, has a crew, uh, that trust each other and, and, and just knows, they, they just know that no matter what they do, everybody on that team is going to do what they, it's going to do the right thing and everybody's going to come back out. Absolutely. All right. Love it. Love it. Preaching, preaching on here. <laughs> uh last topic and it's it's pretty much how i found you physical fitness um i've seen i've seen your workouts i've seen your little stories and, and posts that you do and i'm like this is i want to when i'm at your age i want to be able to continue doing that another big yeah. person another big influencer is um chief dennis riley he yeah. is yep. 
I don't want to butcher, but I, I, she's probably in the seventies, and he still yeah. he sometimes does gear or workouts in gear, and that's how I want to be. So, yeah. how important is physical fitness? Even whether you're a career volunteer, you, you, we we all still look at it the same way. Right, absolutely, and 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 first of all, I agree with you with Chief Riley. I'm I'm like blown away. I, I was blown away by that. Um, again, you know, life goals right there, man. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think it is extremely important, you know, especially as you, as you get older, you know, when I was younger, I was always very active, um, you know, sports in school and, and just always had like jobs where it was very, very physical jobs, you know, and so it was easy. It was easy to, to, to stay in shape. Um, it wouldn't. You know, you, you throw two, three bottles onto the fire, you know, and not really, not really feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't take long for that to start to catch up to you, you know, as mm-hmm. you get older, you know. Um, and it, it, I, most of the time, like I said, in the city, I'm, I was standing outside the, you know, outside the car, just watching everything, you know. Um, but we go to mutual aid calls all the time and I get, a, you know, a lot of chance to do some work. Uh, and, and as I started to get older, you know, I, um, doing some work meant like two days of recovery at some point, you, you know what I mean? You, you're feeling right. it for two days and, and right. I'm like, you know, I, I'm not as active as I used to be. You know, my, my job is not as active as it used to be. I'd spend a lot of time behind the desk or behind the wheels of the truck, you know, um, so I, I needed to get back into it. And, and again, this isn't recent, I, you know, for years, I would try different things. I tried, I did the CrossFit thing for a little while and uh, I did a couple rounds of P90X. Um, you remember P90X. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I always felt better um, doing it. I just felt better mentally. I felt better physically. I felt way better on the fire ground. Um and I just, uh, to me, I feel like if you're not doing that, one, you're, you're, you're running the risk of something happening to yourself, you know. But I think more importantly, uh, I want to make sure that I'm able to do what I need to do for whoever I'm working with, whoever I'm responding to help. Uh, and you can't do that if you're out of shape. You might not. We, we, don't, no, we don't go to fires every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think many people do anymore outside of the big, big cities, you know, um, but just because you're not going to fires doesn't mean you're not doing physical activity on a fire. We got a, you know, a, a nine story apartment building um, and a lot of sometimes you got to take the stairs, you know, right. um, you know, so, so if, if you're getting if you're getting fatigued um, just going from the truck to the front door that's a problem because how are you going to get up the stairs? Mm-hmm. You know, you're carrying everything you need to be carrying. Uh, and I can remember, I can remember years ago, you know, when I was tapping on the truck, climbing off the truck um, and, you know, telling the guy, grab the can, you know, grab the irons. Um, and, and, and I remember him by the time we got to the door saying, ah, you know, I, I'm tired. Do I have to carry the can? You know, um, <laughs> like, yeah, you have to carry the can. <laughs> Um, we're, we're not here just to look pretty in our gear, you know, we're here to do work. Um, and, and again, I don't, I don't want you to think I claim to be the most physically fit guy in the world. You know, I'm, I'm 54 years old. I'll be 55 next June. You know, um, I like to think that I'm in decent shape, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
But I, you know, I, I feel, especially when I got climbed back on the truck, you know, when I got out of chief, I started to feel a little bit, you know, you, you're throwing the gear on. Um, and in my mind, the, the gear has gotten heavier over the years, but that's probably not the case. Maybe it is the case. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think you're right on that. Yeah. You know, you know, and we, you know, we, in the last couple of years, we updated to the, the you know, the, the 5.5, you know, mm-hmm. um, to me, they're as heavy as the old got two A's way back in the day with the old steel bottles. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I can't make the gear lighter. Uh, I can't make the air pack lighter. I can't make the tools lighter. So the only option I have is to make myself stronger, um, make myself, you know, put myself in better shape, better aerobic shape, um, so that I know at least when I show up, um, I can climb three, four, five, six sets of stairs, you know, flights of stairs. Uh, I can drag hose. I can, you know, I can go to the roof and, and you know, spend 20 minutes cutting holes and, and, and pulling, uh, you know, pulling roofing materials without getting gassed and, and having to, you know, stop working or, or, or worse, you know, that, that's really, to me, you know, if, if you get tired and you can't complete what you're doing, that's the best case scenario, mm-hmm. you know, worst case scenario, you know, you go down, you know, mm-hmm. now, um, now you're, now you're the focus. Because everybody knows what happens when a firefighter goes down, they become the focus. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent, everybody's going to focus on that, you know. Um, so now you're the problem. So I, I try to, um, I, I try to, I try to stay in shape. We, when we moved into uh, the central station, we consolidated years ago. Um, I, I believe it came with a grant. We got a full gym okay. in the firehouse, beautiful gym, commercial gym. Um, and I think if I remember correctly, it came with a year or two years worth of, um, um, personal training, okay. you know, on, on the department. So, but not many, not many guys took advantage of it. Um, not many guys were taking advantage of the gym, um, to the point where we ended up opening up to, you know, the police department and DPW, just so more people could get in there and use it. Very, very underutilized part of the firehouse mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, I don't know why that is. Uh, but I, I feel it's it's a it's a missed opportunity for guys to to better themselves, um, not only for themselves but for their families, and you know, and for the citizens that we're here to protect. Uh, if we can't show up and do the job, there's there's no sense in calling us, you know. Um, so and, and you know and uh, again, I'm not saying I've I've always been perfect with it, right. But anytime I'd start to slack, I'd, I'd, I'd feel it. And I'd be like, listen, I don't want to feel this way. Um, I, I need to, I need to step up my game. I need to, you know, get back in shape or, or continue to, to, to work out. And so that when I'm, you know, 10 years from now, when I'm, you know, heading towards 65, I, I want to still be able to do what I'm doing now mm-hmm. you know, within reason, obviously. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I don't want to totally work as it. much, but, but, but you know what I mean? Uh, and, but, but most importantly, I, I want to be able to perform um, to the best of my ability on the fire ground. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, two times a year or 20 times a year, it doesn't matter. Um, you need to be able to do it. You need to, you need to be able to know that when, when that call drops, um, you're going to climb on the truck and be able to do whatever tasks you're given to do um, effectively. Uh, and, and, Come home safely, you know. Um, and I had, uh, you know, there's a, 
I started following a lot of fitness stuff on uh, social media. Great in one aspect, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> can be right. detrimental in others. Yeah, yeah. Um, two, two, two sided coin. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, but I, I would start following more and more people, and then you know, and then you get you know requests from other people and that are in the fitness and um to the point where you could take all that information you know take it for what it's worth but i started saying okay yeah i could do this a little bit differently or you know or maybe i should start doing this you know um you know i watched you guys with the gear and i and i think that's great and i can remember years years ago we had a crew at the firehouse that that's what they do every morning you know throw on the gear up and down the stairs you know little obstacle courses you know there's a couple years where we um, they do a turkey trot where we ran the turkey trot in our gear, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there are guys that are out there to do it, you know. And, and it's hard. It's hard if it's hard because sometimes you feel like um, you kind of feel like the outcast. You kind of feel like I kind of feel dumb here. I'm the only guy that's in the gym at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> not that I'm the only guy that uses the gym, but but you know what I mean, right? Um, so I kind of admire I I, I admire those people who don't they don't give a rat's ass who's watching, who's not watching. Or what people think it's you know they're you're going to do what's best for you what's best for your crew what's best for your fire department um what's best for your family i think is, is most important i want to try and live as long as i can you know um and i certainly don't want to uh um i don't want to be that liability on the fire ground i really don't no absolutely well said well said it's yes yes so many so many good little nuggets have been dropped. Uh, and that, and that comes from, that comes from years of experience and, and, and being totally humble for sure. hundred percent. Um, yeah. one last question I have for you. And, and the, do you guys own a ladder truck? Okay. No, I'm going to, hold on. I'm going to rephrase this. Have you recently gotten a new ladder truck? Yeah, we, uh, we got a new ladder truck. I think it's been two years now. I Is think. it black, black over red? Yes. Is yeah. it an E1? Yep. Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. I, I remember. Yep. See, yep. So I, I'm like a fire buff. I follow all kinds yep. of yep. things. <laughs> and I remember seeing that truck and I was like, I like the way that truck looks. That is a, that is a good looking rig. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, very happy with it. Um, you know, it's a hundred foot tower ladder. Uh, and it replaced the 90, uh, 95 foot tower ladder uh, KME. Okay. Uh, and, you know, and it's just one of the, th one of the reasons we got it was its ability to short jack. We have a lot of very narrow streets. Okay. Uh, and when we first started demoing, you know, bringing demos in, uh, E1 didn't have that capability. Okay. Uh, so half of our streets we couldn't set it up on because we couldn't short jack one side or the other. Um, and then the, the, they they came out with one that was able to do it, and that was the truck we settled on. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're it's uh, you know, like anything else nowadays, it's loaded with sensors and computers, and of you know, course. so. We're still working those bugs out. Of course. <laughs> I totally down the road and, yeah. <laughs> All the outrigger sensors and lights and warning lights are going off. And <laughs> and, and you, yeah. you, you, you definitely be able to attest to that. How much apparatuses have changed. It's like they're putting yeah. Yeah. so much computers and sensors yeah. and it's just like, oh, you just want to go back to those glory <laughs> days of a, just yeah. of a fire truck. Yes, just a fire truck. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, um, they can do some amazing things. Mm -hmm. but everything has to be working for that to happen. You know, exactly. And it's so much on there that, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it is amazing 
just compared to when I started and, and, and I'm sure when you started and to what there is now, it's, it's crazy. What's, and, and not to mention the cost. I mean, yeah, that that's <laughs> another, know. I would have never thought in this day and age, an engine of just, a, just a, I guess you want to say a basic engine would be going close to a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have one on order now. We have a rescue engine on order now. And I think it's a million or a little, over, a little over that, I think. Um, whereas the, the ladder truck just two years ago was, I think, 1.3 or 1.4. So and uh, now, I can't imagine what the ladder truck's going to be. They're, they're, they're pushing two million now. I mean, yeah, depending yeah. on what you put on it, they're pushing two million dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh uh chief i do appreciate you uh accepting the invitation coming on uh this was good and i figured it would be i love how you how, how you represent yourself i love how you have the humility of of knowing the fact that you don't know everything and that you, you're very open about it and you're willing to learn and you're also willing to make the fire service better for the next generation coming on um I truly want to say thank you for, for coming on and doing this and having this talk. Well, I, I want to thank you for having me. You know, I, I, I kind of went back and forth on it. For, I've heard some of your guests and I'm like, Oh, I can't, you know, I can't, <laughs> these are like, these are like fire service giants, you know? And, and you know, I, I had actually, I had said to my wife, I said, yeah, you want to be on the pot too. Why don't you do it? I'm like, I, said, I don't know. You know, there's been some, some real serious <laughs> fire service big shots on there. You know, I'm not quite sure where I fit in with that, but, and she's like, just you know, just do it. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I'm, I'm, I hope you got what you were looking for. Oh, I, I did. I enjoyed it. I did. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous about it. I, I, I think uh, I've gone to uh, work in fires feeling more comfortable than I did when I started. <laughs> I wasn't sure how it was gonna be, you know. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it, Danny. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yes, sir. And thank your wife. Thank, tell your wife thank you for allowing you or, or for giving you the push to, to do it because yeah yeah I, yeah, I, yeah it I really was her <laughs> <laughs> all right chief it's been a good one thank you very much sir you're welcome thank you if any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator goal-oriented hardworking, humble passionate and professional regardless of rank career or volunteer contact me at student of the game fire podcast at gmail.com until next time stay focused stay committed and stay safe